toxic masculinity, I also think is a dangerous thing that can hamper guys. It's kind of like the, remember when I told you about the teeter-totter? When Obama was getting elected? Mm, that's been years. I've drank a lot since then. <laughs> I was like, I was like, look, we are like this. White people are down, they're winning, they have more weight, and minorities have to push down, and minorities are going to be hired at one point, and then, like, majorities are going to be a little bit higher. It's going to balance. It's just going to find its way in the middle. And um, I think for, like, toxic masculinity, it's also on the way of men are we're down here like doing really well with everything but now we're coming up here mm. with toxic masculinity we're not talking about things we're not paying attention to things we're not putting awareness on it and so we're like kind of stuck until we can put awareness on it and remove toxic masculinity we can start to balance it out yeah I, you know toxic masculinity is such a crazy thing it is because in a lot of ways it can be toxic but in a lot of ways masculinity is not toxic masculinity in itself is not toxic right toxic masculinity is toxic, toxic. absolutely absolutely <laughs> and you know it, it's one of those things like i've never considered myself to be not masculine i mean even like I mean, yeah sure i love a pedicure here and there <laughs> but like <laughs> You know, hundred fifty dollar pedicure. Matter of fact, I was on a cruise ship. Number one, <laughs> you dare judge me, sir? No, I've definitely got a few in my day. <laughs> that foot rub was amazing. I remember that lady's name. She's from Jamaica. I remember that, and that foot rub was everything after that wedding weekend. <sighs> Anyways, I think you know the idea of boys will be boys. It's bad. It, it is but it isn't you know it, it is in a lot of ways and, and whenever it applies to certain things oh boys will be boys like no that's not boys will be boys boys will be boys applies to like you know when you go out and you eat dirt right and you go out and you play football yeah, and yeah. skin your knees exactly you know and you and you and you go out and you ride your dirt bike a little too fast and you eat it you know it's like too masculine yeah it's like boys will be boys you know that's okay it's like oh well you know well you go out and you molest this person it's like "Mm, that's not boys and boys that's that's a little shithead you know yeah that's different and somehow they got grouped together you know how did that happen i have no idea but to me boys need to be boys so that men can become men yeah that's true you know and you know it's it's one of those things that and i don't want to say men because it's obviously men and women but you know the, the idea the cycle of you know we you know bad times create strong men right yeah. strong men create good times good times create weak men weak men create bad times and then bad times create strong sure. men wow oh <laughs> right the cycle right where do you think we're at right now i think we're at bad time i think we're at weak men Create bad times. I think that's where we are. So we're weak, weak men. I don't think I am. I think society as a whole think has I had am? a push. <laughs> no, aren't you at all? <laughs> no, because you're open-minded enough to see how the world works. So, so I guess that's where it's like. Uh, I think with my point is with toxic masculinity. 
it's like uh, men are holding on to this weighted anchor <laughs> and they're like, I'm sinking with this ship. It's like no, that's not even the ship. That's the anchor. Yeah, it's not even the right. We're we're set. We're we're setting here. Yeah. <laughs> you can go up to the top and jump on the cruise ship. Big show. It's actually a fucking yacht. It's a party. Yeah, we got pedicures and AMS up <laughs> yeah. here. You can chill out, get a Vegas bomb for cool. <laughs> I, dude, somehow along the way, we grouped just that fucking weird shit in yeah. with being boys will be boys. The shit that is unacceptable got rolled into that boys will be boys thing, and everyone mm-hmm. associates one with the other. And I think they're two different things, you know. And maybe we don't call it boys will be boys. Maybe we'll call it something else, you know. It's like you're just hanging out with your inner child, right? You know, it's like it's you're, the way you're a little kid, like you you yourself as a little kid, like that's the best time. Yeah, you know, and it's like. And you, your little kid, is not fucking banging some girl behind a dumpster. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous that those got rolled in another, you know, and, and call it whatever, call it whatever you want. But at the same point, like, like leadership is a natural trait that can be flourished out with practice. True. And if you don't work hard at it, it'll never become anything, just like anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, soft skill. The old saying of you know, hard work beats talent, but when talent works hard, it's over. You know, if you naturally have that talent, you know, you can do some amazing shit, right? And like, but I think I'm I'm dead serious with this, man. I I think people. It's not even like men become men. It's not boys will be boys. It's that people need to be people so that people can become empowered. Well, I, I think is it, what it is. Yeah, I think it goes back to the uh, the the smallest minority, the individual, mm. because you connect to you, and you connect to that little kid. Yeah, but that little kid doesn't do bad things. That little kid <clears throat> plays in the playground, may create some trouble, but doesn't create destructive patterns to other people's lives. Right. And as long as they're corrected along the way. Yeah. You know? And you will be. Because, like, you're going to jump into it. You're going to realize what's good and what's bad. And from feedback from other people. And I guess, like, New York was the biggest thing for me. Because you got feedback like this. It Mm -hmm. was just like, if you were not the person that you needed to be in that day, you knew it. Mm. From the person on the subway, from the person on the train station from that homeless guy on the street, from your coworker, from the person at the coffee shop, you knew that you had a bad vibe. Mm. And you became the person that you wanted to be. Right. I think that's that's so powerful becoming the person that you want to be. And everyone in this world has outside influence. Right from your parents from a very young age, from you know, cousins and you know, family members branching out into friends, branching out into schoolmates, branching out into colleagues, branching out into you know, everything's everything lecture, right? And it's like you have to be able to sort of be fluid and be able to move in and out of these scenarios. And you know, like when you're a little kid, say you're you know, insert random person let's say your your great grandfather comes around and he's super racist 
you know, and he says all this crazy shit to you. <laughs> it's like you you have to be able to understand yeah. that that's not right, you know, and yeah. don't let the ignorance and the, the falsehoods of the previous generations influence the new generations. You know, like like this is this thing gonna sound crazy. I think you said it best. What you said. I'm not trying to be not racist for everybody else. I'm trying to be not racist for the, you know, little cousin or nephew that my grandpa said something racist and that he takes away that day. That's what he has to be. Hmm. That's when I go in and say, look, turn him to the other corner and say, look, that's not who we are. This is how we do it. Yeah. And we're not trying to disturb peace. We're trying to help people become who they want to become. Right. Free of the outside influence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's like at a certain at a certain point, you're never gonna change the 70-year-old guy who's racist this shit. Yeah. There's you know? very few older my grandma, I think, is one exception. Yeah. <clears throat> she's fluid. I don't know how she she's my dad's mom. Mm. She's like, she's like, she, she's reading a lot of books that I send her now. She's always like, all right, cool. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe you think this way. And I'm like, mm. all right, great. And she's like, can you speak when I die? I'm like, that when are you going to die? When we get there. <laughs> Damn, Graham. <laughs> We're not there yet. You're going to live for at least 70 more years. All right. It's just. It's, it's honestly like I don't understand how racism is still a thing. I don't get it. You opened me up to it. Like, I didn't realize how racist my town was until you showed me. I dated a black girl for two years. And I knew how terrible it was, but you kind of showed me how fucked up it was. Why do you say that? Because it was one thing to be looked down upon in that community because it was like I was an outsider. I was like black sheep. And you were like, you're, you are the right person for being a black sheep. You're not wrong. I told you that? No, you taught me that. You didn't say that matter-of-factly. Yeah, a lot, apparently. But you showed me that, like, other people from other cultures, you can learn a lot from. Hmm. And it's not the, because you're the type of person that loves everybody. You're open-minded towards everybody. You like your your hospitality hospitality goes stretches out like a big hug, big bear hug towards anybody. It seems a bit strong. No, but. seriously, no, seriously, because there were a lot of people that when I was like, oh, we should invite them to the party. Like, I don't know how Sean will feel about them. Be like Indian girl, like. Indian girl, Hispanic girl, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, just like, oh, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> and you like absolutely loved all those people that I was like, I don't know how he's gonna feel about them. And for some reason, this like white supremacy underneath subconsciously was in me because where I lived at in my life huh. was rising to the top that I was better than all those other people that were different race, religion. That's so weird that I didn't notice that. Yeah, because you're just immersed in that. My dad was like, my dad, I think my dad taught me that in a way, but you showed me it. Huh. 
So my dad went to high middle school and high school. He was the minority. Huh. That's like white person. And where did Jack go? Ben Davis? Ben Davis and Trinity. That. And so, so when I did black girl, all my friends in high school were like, don't tell your parents. You're going to be pissed, blah, blah, blah. Like start fire, KKK. And I'm like, what the fuck? I wrote so many papers about the KKK in high school because. That's so weird to me. Dude, that would, that so would not weird. have come across my desk in high school. <laughs> and the thing is, like, my parents were like, my dad was like, oh my God, I love it. Somebody with a little flavor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this? And he's like, I was a token white boy on the basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude. Dude, I don't know. You, you, you're just one of those very open-minded people. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I just, you know, it, it's incredible to me. I was, it's funny, I was actually talking to this, I was actually talking about this with John, my, uh, my weightlifting partner, and my tattoo artist, um, who you all meet very soon. I have never in my life felt like I was better than anyone except for people who think they're better than others by the color of their skin. Oh, yeah. You know, because I just, I see it as the most just ignorant thing. And it's just like, do you really think you're better than them? Yeah. You know, it's like you're a millionaire, but you're just on your off day. You're in your off life. I'm like, yeah, this is a bad life. Next life, I'll be white and powerful. It's just, it's just, it's incredible to me. Like you look at some white person who like, like I remember I have this, I have actually family member of embarrassment who would be like, I don't, I don't allow, you know, minorities. And he didn't obviously didn't say minorities. I don't allow minorities in my house. And I'm just like, is he talking about Lauren? This is a trailer. That was, no, yeah. it was Lauren. It was, this is way before Lauren. We're in like high school. And I'm, <laughs> You're I'm, like, like, I'm looking around, I'm like, this is a trailer. People would be lucky. You would be lucky for people to walk in here. Yeah, I'm like, don't nobody want to come in this motherfucker. <laughs> All right, you ain't, your kitchen cabinets are hanging off but the wall. Dude, why, why do people think like that? I have no idea. And then they get stuck in there. It's generational ignorance. Yeah. Dude, it, isn't it crazy? It's absolutely insane. I would still be in Greenfield if my mom and my dad didn't think that way. I just, dude, I don't, I don't understand it. I really don't. Uh, it, it's it's incredible to me, you know, because I've worked with so many people of so many different races and cultures and, you know, ideas. And I, I've taken sociology courses and I've, you know, the thing that I've arrived at is that most of the time it is misunderstanding about different cultures or it is literally to the standpoint of I don't like this color because it looks different. Yeah. You know, it is the familiar most, with it. Right. It is the most rudimentary, basic, like I read, I like red, not blue. I wish you could have thing, you know? met one of my friends in New York. Her name was Nellie Vasquez. Yeah. She was like, How would you feel if you went to an all black party and then someone that was black grabbed you and said, Let's go dance? Then you feel great. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, because I would be like so out of my element. I wouldn't know who to talk to. Hmm. 
She goes, how do you think black people feel when they go to like a party where you're at? I'm like, wow, damn, all right. <laughs> now I feel bad. Dude, see, and my thing is like, I would take it a step further and say, if I was at an all Hispanic party, if I was at an all white party and someone grabbed me and like, yeah, let's dance. Like, let, let's talk about, like, let's, let's do these things that my people and all the people here are doing. And then you're brought into that culture. Then you're just immersed in it. Right. I mean, that's so powerful. Like, like, I, like I love, one of my fondest memories is when we went to Miami and we got to meet Steve um, Esteban, my father-in-law's family. Right. Yeah. And I had never met Steve's brother, Alfonso. I had never met his sister, Franny, or his sister, Onilda, or his mom, um, whose name is also Onilda, but we call her Abuela because she's, you know, grandma. Abuela. Yeah, Abuela. I love her to death. Um, and we were at this, like, it was like a cookout kind of thing, but just basically just a big-ass party, man. And they're all, you know, hanging out, dancing. The whole family is there, you know, and I'm just chilling and I really didn't want to dance. And I was like, ah, you know, Blanco, you know, I'm white. I don't really, I can't dance like y'all for sure. <laughs> Trust me, you know, and that's an ignorant statement. But, but I'm, I'm like, even if, even outside of being white, I, I have no rhythm in my soul. I really don't. I'm not a musical guy. And too many times, you know, it was one of those things where actually Caesar, um, Okana, her, her cousin, my cousin now, um, actually came over to me he's like let's get a beer and like we like everyone else was dancing we just grabbed beers did some shots like literally just like cut it up and then I'm, i was just so immersed in everyone because caesar and everyone else and you know christina and everybody brought, brought me in it. you know oh. yes you know but that but that same it. thing could have happened at a fucking redneck honky tonk with some country music i don't fucking understand <laughs> you you dance? <laughs> right bring it on fuck me up let's do it you know and, and the same thing could happen at an inner city barbecue you know dude yeah well the thing is like actually i've got so many like you know african-american folks in my family i've been to these like you know i've actually my cousin darnell do this barbecue and that's why the reason i said barbecue i was thinking about darnell and dude it was the most fun drinking gin and juice which gin and juice to darnell is Boone's Farm Wine and Seagram's Gin. And the dude, he takes two styrofoam cups. He goes, look, gin and juice, gin and juice, right? Hands it to me. And I'm like, all right, bet. And I'm thinking like, take a drink, take another drink. Well, I'm thinking like, okay, is it sip, chase, or is it chug, chug? And I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful. So I'm like, I'm going to chug, chug. So I just chugged a, a styrofoam cup of, of gin. And then I chugged a styrofoam cup of Boone's Farm Wine afterward. And then I don't remember a lot about what happened after that. <laughs> But, but it was a good time. <laughs> that doesn't matter because I felt good and I looked good during the whole process. 